6 p.m. and you are tuned to your community radio station, KVMR-FM Nevada City, KCPC Camino. Today is Friday, October 22nd, 2021. I'm Kelly Reese, and this is the KVMR Evening News. Tonight on the California Report, oil, as the Orange County coastline reels from impacts of the massive oil spill, regulations and bans on oil drilling are rapidly emerging. We'll take a brief look at local entertainment news and weather before science correspondent Al Stoller and climatologist Bill Patzer discuss this weekend's impending weather. Then Felton Pruitt closes out our newscast, speaking to Nevada County librarian Nick Wilzak about the library's Grateful Dead collection. This is the California Report. I'm Saul Gonzalez in Los Angeles. Governor Gavin Newsom wants to ban new oil drilling near schools, homes, and many businesses, proposing a rule yesterday aimed at improving the health of millions of Californians. KQED politics correspondent Marisa Lagos reports. Newsom directed state regulators to bar new drilling within 3,200 feet of houses, schools, and businesses open to the public. Under his plan, existing wells would have to install pollution controls to mitigate their harm. The rule likely wouldn't take effect until 2023, after the state works through its regulatory process. This is one commitment of many that the state is making to lead this nation, and I would argue lead the world, on this transition. We don't see oil in our future. We don't. Health advocates who join the governor say the change could help reduce rates of asthma and cancer and protect vulnerable pregnant women as well as children. For the California Report, I'm Marisa Lagos. On a related topic, let's turn to the investigation into the oil spill off the coast of Orange County. The Orange County Sheriff's Department says its harbor patrol boats picked up reports of a possible spill on a marine radio emergency channel about an hour before the Coast Guard had heard anything, and about 15 hours before the spill was confirmed. A spokesperson for the Sheriff's Department says at least one of its boats checked on reports of the spill on the night of October 1st, but didn't find anything in the water. The Coast Guard says multiple calls came in about a possible spill that night, but the agency only acted about an hour later, after receiving a report from a commercial vessel anchored off the coast. Coast Guard officials say they had no prior knowledge that the Harbor Patrol had actually searched for the spill that evening. This comes as two Orange County cities, Huntington Beach and Laguna Beach, passed resolutions this week to support a ban on offshore drilling. And the Bay Conservation and Development Commission has adopted a Bay area-wide plan for adapting to rising seas. KQED climate reporter Ezra David Romero explains. State regulators who oversee the Bay's shoreline worked for two years to come up with a plan. Scientists project the Bay could rise by several feet by the end of the century, a result of warming temperatures. The agency will be the backbone in convincing 101 cities, 9 counties, and a dizzying array of groups to coordinate their levees and natural protections. Jessica Fain is BCDC's planning director. It's a scary place in a way because there's no one doing it before us. Um, and I think a lot of eyes are on the Bay Area to, to, to look at us as a model. What the plan doesn't do is give regulators the power to force developers, cities, or agencies to plan for rising tides. Instead, it empowers local working groups to find funding and build consensus. For the California Report, I'm Ezra David Romero.
Yesterday, in response to its homelessness crisis, the city of Los Angeles opened the country's largest so-called tiny home village. Next to a freeway in northeast L.A., more than 200 people will live in 100 metallic emergency shelter units, where they'll also have access to shower, laundry, and dining facilities, as well as counseling. Across California, cities are opening more of these tiny home villages to house their unhoused, and Washington State-based Pallet is building most of them. Many of its employees are formerly homeless themselves, and its founder and CEO is Amy King, who spoke to the California Report. King says California has become the largest market for her company's shelters, but she cautions they're not the solution to homelessness, and she doesn't even like calling them homes. We stay away from the word tiny home uh, very specifically because when people think of home, they think of a place where they live permanently, where their things are, where their people are. We think of pallet shelters as temporary stop places for people to stabilize and to get engaged with services, to think about recovery efforts, and then move on to home. So it can be a temporary home, but we don't want people to think of pallet communities as a permanent stopping place because that's not what they're intended for. And tiny houses kind of send that message and we don't we don't want to send that message. So play that out a little bit more, Miss King, as more of these villages open up around the state for the unhoused. How do you define or view them? Yeah. We see them as emergency sleeping cabins and temporary shelters. What we don't want is for people to accept this as the final stopping place. So the goal here and the model that we designed was was designed and built in partnership with our staff who had lived experience, who said it's really hard for people to go from living on the streets and not having access to resources and services to just jump to permanent housing. Now, that's not true for everyone. I don't want to put that blanket application on everybody who's experiencing homelessness because it's not true. But there is a subset of people experiencing homelessness that need a place to go temporarily to stabilize and engage with services to deal with their root cause issue of homelessness, whatever that might be. But the other piece of this that's really important to us is the idea of community. We all kind of embed ourselves into community, whether that's family or your place of work or your friend group or your church or whatever that is for you, right? And so for people experiencing homelessness, they feel that traumatic loss of connection. And so the idea with Palette was to create these communities where people could come and reconnect, find joy and healing and community with others and have a space that basically allows them to recover and rehabilitate so they can move to permanent housing. This is not permanent housing though. We acknowledge that. Permanent housing is the solution to homelessness, and we need more of it. We know how long it takes, and we know how expensive it is. So we're just trying to fill the gap until we can build more permanent housing. That's Amy King, CEO of Pallet, a company that builds shelters for the homeless. Support for the California Report comes from Blue Shield of California, rebuilding the future of healthcare with every Californian in mind, from quality and equitable care to not-for-profit values. Learn more at news.blueshieldca.com. Paint Care, now with 800 drop-off sites in California where households and businesses can recycle their leftover paint. More at paintcare.org. And Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose philanthropy harnesses the power of people and science to create innovative solutions for a healthy environment, just societies, and opportunities for human achievement. 
And that is the California Report for Friday, October 22nd. We are a production of KQED Public Radio. Our engineers are Danny Bringer and Katie McMurrin, with assistance from Seal Muller. Our producers are Mary Franklin Harvin, Holly J. McDeed, and Keith Mizuguchi. Our senior editors, Angela Corral. Our director of news is Vinnie Tong. Our executive editors, Ethan Tobin Lindsay. And our chief content officer is Holly Kernan. I'm Saul Gonzalez, your host. Thanks so much for listening, and have a great weekend. With unsettled weather forecasted for this weekend, KVMR News Director Claudio Mendoza speaks with Nevada County Office of Emergency Services Program Manager Paul Cummings on what we should expect. With heavy rains expected this weekend and into the next week, the National Weather Service has issued a flood watch for interior Northern California from Saturday night through Monday afternoon. Joining me now is Nevada County's Office of Emergency Services Program Manager, Paul Cummings. Hi, Paul. Thanks for joining me. Hey, Claudio. Thanks for having me. Paul, like a lot of people, I'm grateful for this rain, but I know that it's coming very quickly and that could create a lot of problems, particularly in areas that have recently burned. What are some of the things that people should be prepared for? Yeah, Claudio, you're right. Uh, the, the rain's going to hopefully mitigate that fire threat that we've had, but it, it does bring new concerns. So the four biggest things that we've got to really be paying attention to with this particular weather system is uh, flash flood debris flows in the River Fire Burn Scar. There's going to be some travel concerns while you're out and about this weekend. Um, there's going to be aerial flooding, which is that standing water in those low-lying areas in our community. And then we're likely going to see some power outages. Now, what are some things that people can do to prepare for a storm like this? You know, a flash flood is really just created by a high volume of, of rain over a very short period of time. And that's what we're going to see. In fact, they're forecasting 8 to 10 inches, which is really incredible for the Nevada City Grass Valley area. And so if the rain over time in a very, in, in like half an hour, if they see more than half an inch over 30 minutes, uh, 0.55 inches particularly, that could be enough to actually trigger uh, a flash flood warning which is, um, it equates to really an evacuation order. So um, right now, the National Weather Service, as you stated, has issued a flash flood, flood watch for that river fire burn scar. And the river fire burn scar is pretty big. That covers, you know, the areas of Placer, Nevada County, that 2,600 acres that was burned. Um, so if, if the rainfall meets that criteria, they're going to send out a wireless emergency alert, which will ping every cell phone in the area uh, near there. And it's going to put out the message about about the fire. And then our office and the Office of Emergency Services and the, and the, and the Nevada County Sheriff's Office, we're going to work together to then um, identify the area that's you know under threat from this uh, flash flood. And then we'll likely send out code red messages. You know, we're going to push information out over KVMR and social media. And uh, really, the big concern is uh, the flooding water as it's as it's coming down through could actually pick up some of the things um, like the boulders and, and burn debris and, and dead trees and actually carry it with it. And so um, a debris flow actually moves, it's five times taller and 10 times faster than a flash flood. So it's, it's a really hazardous you know, threat to life and property that um, we're trying to make sure the community is ready for and that we're monitoring closely in that area. You mentioned that in the event of an emergency that cell phones would be pinged. Would that happen for everybody or just people who have signed up for Code Red? Great question. So a lot of folks um, experienced during the Bennett fire and river fire, probably an inundation of messaging. And so that's 
a, a good thing in a sense that we were casting many nets to try to um, get the message out about that fast moving wildfire. So the National Weather Service will send a wireless emergency alert and they're gonna try to focus it in on the river fire burn scar, but we know that that system, that message will go a little bit far and wide. Uh, and so that's where we're gonna come along with code red and that's gonna be much more targeted. That'll be by zone, by evacuation zone and everybody should know their zone hopefully. Um, they've, they've gone to memorize that. And if you're not sure, go to readynevadacounty.org slash dashboard or community.zonehaven.com and look and see what zone that you live in. Type in your address, write down the zone number. But if you're in those zones that are affected, we'll send you a code red message with specific information about um, the threat and what you need to do. And so some things I think the public needs to really consider around this flash flood and debris flow threat that's specific to the river fire burn scar is really treat this like a red flag warning. Just like, you know, there's a high fire threat. You got to have your go bag packed. Make sure you've got your vehicle fueled up, that you're ready to go if you need to drive out in a moment's notice. Uh, make sure you're ready to, to receive those messages, whether it be the wireless emergency alert, code red. Know what to do if you hear a high-low siren, because high-low sirens mean evacuate uh, for fire and, and for flood. And then make sure you stay tuned in to trusted news sources like KVMR, KNCO, uh, UBANET, the union. I've been speaking with Paul Cummings, Nevada County's Office of Emergency Services Program Manager. Thanks very much for your time, Paul. Thanks, Claudio. For those in Grass Valley and Nevada City, tonight, mostly cloudy, possible showers with a low around 43. Tomorrow, mostly cloudy with a high near 54. Heavy showers and winds in the evening. Sunday, we'll have showers with a high near 51. Today's air quality is good with an AQI of 4. Saturday and Sunday's air quality is projected as good as well, with potential AQIs of 11 and 10 respectively. In Truckee and Lake Tahoe, tonight mostly cloudy with a low around 28. Tomorrow, possible snow before 11 a.m., then chances of rain with a high near 46. Sunday, we'll see heavy rain with a high near 45. Truckee's current air quality is good with an AQI of 1, and Truckee's forecasted air quality for this weekend remains good. Tomorrow's potential AQI is 7, and Sunday's potential AQI is 7 as well. And for our friends to the south in Sacramento and Woodland, tonight mostly cloudy with a low around 52. Tomorrow mostly cloudy with a high near 63, showers mainly after 11 p.m. Sunday, showers with a high near 60. Sacramento's current air quality is good with an AQI of 2. Tomorrow, good as well with a potential AQI of 12. And Sunday, good as well, with a potential AQI of 9. Atmospheric rivers are ranked weak to strong as level 1 to 5. The atmospheric river that will hit the foothills Saturday night and all of Sunday is expected to rank somewhere between 3 and 5. Up next, Al Stoller speaks with climatologist Bill Patsert. An atmospheric river is not a storm. Atmospheric rivers are carried by storms. Storms like those that have been brewing this past week up in the Gulf of Alaska. Other storms, meanwhile, have been blowing on the other side of the Pacific. I spoke earlier today with climatologist Bill Patsert. There was a tropical storm on the other side of the Pacific. It actually reached typhoon stage for just one day, exactly a week ago. It really began early October, a tropical storm that at one point was actually a force one typhoon just east of Japan. 
A typhoon in the Pacific is what a lot of folks here call a hurricane. And as a transition from the tropics into the mid-latitudes, it entrained a tremendous amount of moisture into the jet stream. And that moisture was carried by the jet stream as a long, narrow filament of moist air. That was an atmospheric river. These streams of narrow, intense moisture get entrained. When you say entrained, essentially you mean sucked up. That's right. The filaments of moisture get entrained, sucked up, by storms like those that have been brewing in the Gulf of Alaska. Storms that are now heading south. These storms are riding the jet stream out of the Gulf of Alaska, down the west coast of North America, into the Pacific Northwest, and especially into Northern California, where the winds will be particularly intense, and the rainfall, they essentially look like fire hoses. You're in for a deluge. You know, by the way, Al, this is pretty unusual to have these kinds of events this early in the season. In November, we usually don't see these kinds of storms and atmospheric rivers this early in the season. We're seeing a late summer typhoon interacting with an early winter storm. Exactly. This is, in some ways, it's a a gift from the typhoon gods. As you've pointed out, California has four seasons. Drought, followed by fire, followed by floods followed by mudslides. That's the way we live here in California. The irrigation district, NID, is no longer feeding water into their ditches. They're going to allow the ditches to take water away. There is always a danger of serious flooding. And after so many fires here for the last couple of years, the potential for mudslides is very high. Bill, thank you very much. Well, it's a pleasure to talk with you, Al. And I wish everybody well in Northern California with these storms. I've been speaking with climatologists Bill Patsert, recently retired from JPL, NASA's Jet Propulsion Lab. For KVMR, I'm Al Stoller. Coming up, Felton Pruitt speaks to Nevada County librarian Nick Wilczek. The two discuss the library's extensive Grateful Dead collection and how deadheads can access this local resource. We're talking with Nick Wilczek from the Nevada County Library. Nick, you've got some exciting news for deadheads, don't you? I do have some exciting news for Deadheads about a uh, resource we have available at the library for free uh, that you can access with your library card. So the library has three or four different streaming services, music, movies, television shows. The one I'm talking about now is called Hoopla, again, available through the library's website. And Hoopla contains all of the Rhino releases from the Grateful Dead catalog. So that includes albums, Dick's Picks, the entire Europe 72 collection, Road Trips collection, and a couple other random things in there. You can download 10 of them a month. It's like checking out any other item. You download 10 of them a month, and um, they automatically return. You can download 10 more the next month. Super excited about it. It's one of my favorite things I've, I've come across at the library. I love being able to provide it. And being able to be on the radio talking about this is, is fantastic. Thank you so much for that, Felton. No problem, Nick. Let's start with the basics here. First off, give people the address of the library. MyNevadaCounty.com forward slash library. 
And then you go there and you go on to that and then you register and you get a library card. Is that it? Yeah. So this is one of the few services that you need to actually have a library card for. So you can sign up online and we'll mail you one or you can swing into the library at any time. It's just a weird thing that Hoopla has on their side where the way you access it, you just need the number that's on your physical card. But once you have that, you go to electronic resources there and you will see like a music video tab. Click onto that and then Hoopla will be one of the the options there. And then you'll set up your Hoopla account with your library card and then you just stay signed into that. So every time you go back, you're ready to go you know, enter Grateful Dead as your search term, and you will find many, many, many options. We're talking with Nick Wilzek from the Nevada County Library about their Grateful Dead collection, which is available online for folks to get for free. That's a pretty cool thing. I guess the dead are all on board with this. The licensing is cleared somewhere along the way, so I just go with it. Is artwork included in the download? Uh, Cover art. Cover art is there. What about liner notes and stuff like that? Liner notes I have not seen. This is uh, pretty much then the entire Grateful Dead, I mean, all of their albums? Yeah, best I can tell, all the albums. Wow, and all of the Dick's picks and then all the other, you know, there's so many different types of compilations. It can be overwhelming, especially if it's your first dive. Right. uh, (laughs) If anyone would ever want to get into this and give me a call, I'd be happy to steer you in the right direction. How did this all come about? How did you guys get together with Hoopla? Did they get did they get in touch with you, or did you guys get in touch with them? It is a, I don't want to say common or standard library service, but a, um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a thing that's in libraries. So if you're part of the, you know, if you're in, in libraries a lot, it's just kind of a thing that you're aware of. Um, but when COVID started... You know, libraries went really hard on electronic resources to be able to continue serving folks. So at that point, Nevada County Library increased limits on downloads from Hoopla and streaming from Canopy, where you can do uh, 10 of each every month. Well, it's a very nice service that uh, the county library is providing to uh, all of us out here in Nevada County. We've been talking with Nick Wilzek from the Nevada County Library, and they've got everything you want, Grateful Dead, available for downloads if you get a library card. All right, Felton, thank you so much. This is great. That's our newscast for this Friday, October 22nd. Here's something you want to listen to again or missed a part of an interview? You can always listen to expanded versions of our stories and interviews on our website at kvmr.org or wherever you get your podcasts. KVMR gets support from Sweetland Garden Mercantile, downtown North San Juan, a local Ridge Depot carrying plumbing supplies, PVC, camping, and fishing gear. Delivery available open 9 to 6, closed Sundays, 292-9000. Sweetlandgm.com. Dig it. And the Hangtown Music Festival, celebrating its 10th anniversary with host band Railroad Earth. 
plus leftover salmon, galactic, government mule, St. Paul and the Broken Bones, and more. October 21st through 24th in Placerville. Information, hangtownfestival.com. Up ahead at 6.30, we have the California Report magazine. On tonight's episode, reporter Alex Hall's year-and-a-half-long investigation into deadly COVID-19 outbreaks at Foster Farms poultry plants. The KVMR Evening News is produced by KVMR News Director Claudio Mendoza. Thanks for listening. I'm Kelly Reese, signing off. Enjoy the rain, but stay safe out there.